This is Cleveland Stage Door. Please welcome our hosts, Jimmy D and Stacy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cleveland Stage Door. My name is Jimmy Davis. This is Stacy. It's been a few weeks, Stacy. Yeah, it's been a little while, but I'm back. Yeah. Yes, we are back, and we have a special guest here, Andrew Brewer from Moulin Rouge, the musical. Andrew, good day, sir. Good day to you. Thanks for having me. Yes, and and it's very exciting. You play the Duke, right? I do. Yes, the the Duke of Monroe. Monroe. I was I was I was asking <laughs> Stacy how to pronounce it. I was like, is it uh like Moulin? Is it Monroe? So now <laughs> now we know. <laughs> Well, there's, there's, yeah, there's the uh, the Americanized Andrew version of that. I'm sure there is a, a better pronunciation in French somewhere, but right, right. So this is not. I know this tour is not your first time uh, playing the Duke in Moulin Rouge, right? So, uh, well, this is this will be. I'm officially the Duke now. When I started, when we started the tour back in um, March of 2022. Um, I was in the ensemble, and then I covered this role and Christian as well. Um, wow. And since, and I took over uh, the Duke in January when our uh, previous Duke moved to Broadway, mm-hmm. and um, and now I still cover Christian, but it's more of an emergency sort of situation. <laughs> awesome. So, do you find yourself backstage like singing along to both parts because you know it so well? Yes, I think I annoy everyone backstage because I sing through just about the entire show, whether I'm on stage or off stage. Yeah. Sometimes I think if we as an audience could get a little camera into the wings, it would be almost Ooh. more of a show. <laughs> I think it definitely definitely would be. We, uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, this This cast and crew is just a blast to really work with. And so we we enjoy ourselves quite a bit, both on stage and off stage, and in the wings especially. So <laughs> wonderful. So there's some moments people wish they were probably privy to. I'm, I'm sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the Duke's personality and his motivations. And does it differ too much from the movie that we all know and love to the Broadway show that we're about to all experience? Um. Sure. Yeah. So. I would say initially probably one of the biggest differences from movie to the musical is really just the size of the part. Um, I think we get to know the Duke a little bit more. We get to see some of his softer side as well. We get to um, delve a little bit more into his relationship with Satine and with everyone else, as opposed to just sort of being like, there's this guy with money from the movie, you know, and, uh, he's sort of the guy. We're not really worried about him. I think the the musical does a little bit better of a job of um, bringing him into the fold and actually making it a little more of a full triangle of Christian to Satine to the Duke. Um, motivation wise, uh, he's sort of uh, we. What's been great about the process in general is that our our directors um, Alex Timbers and then our associate director Maddie, um, he has given us all sort of a wide berth as sort of like what our motivations wants to be or how we want to do things. It's all, you know, the story is the same. This is what we're going for. Um, but how we get there and, and our idea of what what's behind this character varies. So we, the Dukes are all very widely different and very much the same at the same time across all of the companies. Um, but for me, he's sort of, um, 
he's sort of that rich kid in an era where, and also he is a duke, but also the aristocracy is not a a thing at the time. The show set in eighteen ninety nine, right? So you know it, it isn't he isn't in power anymore, but he has the illusion of power and he has the money, and so he needs something to do with all of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of my mind, he's become sort of the black sheep and has moved into this world of how can I dabble with all of the things that the upper crust doesn't want to, doesn't want to mess with, doesn't want to be a part of. And so he goes to the Moulin Rouge after a pitch from Ziedler to come meet Satine, which is his, his Ziedler's way of trying to save his club because they are running out of money. Right. Um, come meet Satine. She will sweep him off his feet and will be set for life. And this is how we'll make this work. Um, and I think he goes into it with sort of a mindset of this could be fun mm-hmm. and I could have some fun with this. Let's see what happens. Um, he, as he slowly starts to turn with, with the power, he, I, I think of him as that kid who wants to play with everyone, but also only wants to play with everyone on his own rules. <laughs> like we're all going to have a great time as long as you do what I say and I get to win every time. So the second he starts to not win, yeah, the second he starts to not win is when he gets angry and when he when he starts to lash out because it is no one's ever told him no. He's not used to being told no. So when that happens, that's when you get the dark side of the Duke. See, I like that a lot though because it turns him from essentially this this not one dimensional in any way, shape, or form. Boss Lerner never sure. does anything one dimensional, but like a villain, <laughs> right into. Right more of a playground bully, but you kind of love a playground bully because they're just doing it because they want to have fun. Right. Right. Exactly. That's, that's, that's his way of interacting with the world. It's wrong. (laughs) How he's doing it is, you know, his idea is most of his ideas of what emotions are are just wrong. His idea of love is ownership. His, you know, his, his idea of fun is manipulation. You know, it's, it's all those things where, it's the the motives are understandable and i think that's what makes him accessible as an actor in that you can i can play with the general idea of what he's doing it's just the actual action is reprehensible yeah of course <laughs> i mean but that's we get a lot of the uh, the villains on this show and i think that as an actor it would be more fun because you know you're a nice person. We've chatted for a while. You've got a nice personality, but you get to get on stage and really dig into the dark and evil. That Absolutely. Must be really fun for you. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a blast. It is one of those things um, that you don't get to, to really do, or I haven't got to do as much in my career. Um, it started to become a little more of a thing. I don't know if I'm just turning into looking more like a bad guy now, but <laughs> the more auditions keep coming in, I keep getting worse and worse. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but there is something to be, yeah, there's, there's something to, to being the foil. There's something to being, everybody loves the good guy, but how can I make you love the bad guy a little bit too and question whether how bad he is. I think that's what I've, I've enjoyed about this part specifically. That's awesome. So So, now you mentioned that his, his role in the musical is, is quite a bit larger. I know there's some extra musical numbers, maybe mm -hmm. some extra choreography to, to chew into. Tell us a little bit about that for people who have never seen the musical. Okay. So they have, uh, there has been some updates, uh, obviously made to the score and it is, uh, a wide variety of artists that we go across everywhere from, you know, Sia to Rihanna to Beyonce to the Rolling Stones to 
Um, you know, there's there's a little bit of to Whitney Houston. I mean, there's there's kind of everything uh, from I would say you're going to hit all the genres from the last 15 to 20 years. And then also some oldies in there as well. Um, you know, still still Elton John still, you know, we, we still have some amazing tunes in there. Um, and it's brought so much more to the show, I think mm -hmm. with adding all of this extra music. And it, it also, you know, sort of defines a little more of the characters as, and who they are. Um, uh, my the Duke song is is a Rolling Stones song, nice. um, and I think he sort of thinks of himself as that like that old cool you know like that's that's where he is. He's a he's a rocker, but also at the same time he's out of touch with what's going on with the rest of the musical, you know, while still being a part of it. Um, I think it's, I think it, it it is, it brings the audience in um, a lot more. What we've enjoyed so much is seeing. Um, all ages, uh, but you know, there's at the top of the second act, there's probably one of my favorite songs, which is a uh, uh, bad romance, which is a rehearsal for the show within the show that they're putting together. And it's Lady Gaga's bad romance, but it's also Britney Spears toxic. And it's also, <laughs> um, it's also, um, what it, what, no, 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 sweet, sweet dreams. I, like, I don't know if it's anything else. Yes. Because those two songs <laughs> but, are amazing. They're it's pretty amazing. Good. But, but yeah, but the, um, but watching, we have monitors backstage uh, that connect us to the conductor. So when we're doing some offstage singing or anything like that, mm -hmm. um, and generally most theaters, it sort of depends on the theater, but we can see the first couple rows of the audience behind the conductor. And so one of my favorite things to do during the show when I'm not on stage is to go, I go and park at that monitor and just watch people's reaction and just watch people hear the next song come up. Oh my gosh, poking their neighbor, dancing along to whatever the song is, having a blast. And I think that's the general idea of what we're trying to do with the show anyway. You know, we're just trying to give everybody um, a good time, give you, give you a night out, give you some fun. And I think this show really accomplishes that from from the top of the show to the end. I mean, there's there's a lot of fun to be had. There's a lot of songs you're going to know. There's, you know, love, there's anger, there's joy, there's sex, there's romance, there's everything. Um, all in two and a half hours. And it's love a it. blast. So, Andrew, tell me this. How do you separate yourself mm. when you go on as Christian from the Duke? Like, that's like, I feel like there's two completely different kind of characters. And so how do you... How do you get him from one mindset into the other when you need to? It's it's so funny too because I uh, don't really see them as that different. Um, they are they're entirely different people, but at the same time, it's it's where how they're approaching the same topics from different aspects. the The Duke is approaching it from the idea of money and power, while Christian is approaching it heart forward it's all love and that's where he's coming from but kind of in the end they both end up losing their minds over this jealousy over this getting left of losing love however they feel it and however they act it out they're losing that base um that base idea and that that emotion to this person that they care so much about and while the duke needs that love and that emotion and sees it as only adoration and loyalty and everything else. And Christian sees it as the true heartfelt emotion of love. Um, they're coming kind of from the same place. Mm -hmm. So when you approach it, a lot of it is done through the songs and the, and the, um, and the dialogue. 
sort of helps you get there the rest of the way. Um, I, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and we were saying, you know, if you change out the background, the background music of any of these scenes, you can make a Christian scene into a Duke scene very quickly. If <laughs> you just say the lines a little differently, it's the same idea. There is, there is yearning, there is desire, there is want. And that's the same across both of those things. So approaching it from that way, um, without being like, you're the bad guy or you're the good guy, instead of being like, yeah. this is what his actions are throughout the show. So, so I'm going to approach it from this emotional angle and it'll work itself out from there. Um, is kind of how I see it. I love that because in the end, it is all about the love, right? This is yeah. when this story first hit the movie and then when the, the show first hit Broadway, it's it boils down to a love story with all of the other stuff in the way. So it really, right. you go from both angles of the men just wanting their love to hit the stage, you know? It's, it, yeah. it makes you warm and fuzzy inside and it leaves you with a good <laughs> It does, it definitely does. So I want to know, I was always the kid whenever I went up to Playhouse Square that I found the stage door, I stood outside with my program, I wanted the autograph, every person on stage might as well have been Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, whoever you were, you were my superstar. Have you had any awesome mm. fan interactions like that in your recent tour or even when you were on Broadway? I I mean, I will say honestly, the the reaction, the fan reaction to this show has definitely been the highest of any show I've ever been a part of. Um, we have some amazing fans. Uh, I know there are some that like to call themselves the fan fan fans. Um, <laughs> as one of our opening to this show is the can 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 um but uh that have been so kind and uh so generous and have they have seen the show dozens of times and you know we've been on the road they've seen it more times than i have to be, and, and i you know and i they but they come and see all of us uh you know like i said they're very supportive they they follow us they promote the show they're they're always reaching out and and trying to check in they try to see all of the understudies you know they they try to see each and every different variation of the show because they just care so much about it and it means so much to them and that's that means so much to us you know as, as being in the show um it is so cool because this is this is something that i just love to do and and makes me happy and brings me joy really just within the confines of that stage of getting able to go out be able to go out there and perform and make people smile and have a good time that that's my completion you know like that makes me happy and so to come off and for them to also appreciate that in the same way and to give that back to us is just so much above and beyond anything that could be hoped for um and so i've They've been wonder we've gotten little gifts. Uh, we've had uh, I have a couple Funko Pops. Someone made me as one of one of our fans made me as when I was in my ensemble track, and then one is the Duke. Uh -oh. um, it's and they're really incredible. They're very cool. We had we had a girl who hand sewed um, these like little rag dolls of like five or six of different characters that people have done throughout the show and gave to all of it's. 
it's wow. really wild and it's very cool. I mean, the creativity that these people have and that our fans have and, and how much they just care about it and how much it means to them is, is truly amazing. That, that really is awesome uh, to hear because as you go throughout the country and you go from city to city to city, you don't generally get like that following of people coming around, right? right. Well, I'm excited right. to become one of them because I have never seen this show <laughs> live. I've seen all right. the stuff for it. I know the movie. Okay. I've I've maybe seen a few little bootlegs of, of you, sir, but I I won't say that because I want everybody to go to the theater. <laughs> but I want to see the show in a whole. So I, I can't wait. Um, but being that theater runs so deep in everybody, tell me a little bit, like, have you ever been about to go on stage and looked around and gone, oh my gosh, my 10 year old self would think I am the coolest person right now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a, a few different times. I mean, and it honestly was for me was something that I never really saw coming because I didn't start doing theater until basically at the end of high school and, and didn't really go to college for it off the bat. Um, I didn't know that was the thing that I could do or see as an, I was going to be a teacher. Like I didn't realize that was going to be an option mm -hmm. um, and sort of things fell into place and people came into my life and pointed me down a direction that ended up taking me there. So to be all I knew of musicals when I was a kid was driving to church back and forth with my parents. And we had like four musicals. We had Music Man, Fiddler on the Roof, Camelot, and the Scarlet Pimpernel. Uh -huh. <laughs> and we would and we would sing it. We would sing that we'd be sitting in the back, like on our way to church and singing and, you know, like self-editing and like bleeping out like damn no don't say it you say that on the like, church. i know right it's like so but but like singing along to those things and like just enjoying it mm -hmm. and i think you know i've had we've had a few moments i the first time i went on for the duke was actually our fourth preview performance of tour mm -hmm. um the duke got our duke and our team got covid oh show no. four so we had been in rehearsal the whole time rehearsing our other tracks we hadn't really we hadn't had understudy rehearsals we had one or two moments where we were like hey let's try to run this scene during the rehearsal process but for the most part you know it's that's not what it's about we're trying to make sure everybody's the, the principles are ready and then we'll go from there they let us sit in in as many rehearsals as we possibly could to kind of get an idea but i was in the ensemble as opposed to an offstage swing so i was kind of in other choreography rehearsals and other things at the same time right oh my gosh so we got to that morning we got to that morning and it was just a phone call of like, hey, you're on. And I got a text from David being like, hey, if you need anything, you know, just let me know. Our, our Duke at the time, like, it, you'll be great. Just let me know if you need whatever. And um, I remember going going into the wing to get ready to start. This is, you'll see when you see the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, this is the coolest entrance to a musical I have ever gotten and probably will ever get. Oh, I can't um, wait. I can't wait. But, but I feel like a rock star and it, it looks like I'm a rock star and I'm into it. Um, so step, but I get to do it while I'm not looking at the audience. And so there was a brief moment, it happens in a blackout. Mm -hmm. And I remember just in that briefest of moments, just being like, you're here. Like yeah. this is, this is what you're doing. And, and I think part of it was also coming out of the pandemic and having spent so long away from theater. Um, I had I'd done a couple shows in the fall of 21 that had been 
sort of everybody is welcome back. So there were some very, very light audiences. And, mm -hmm. you know, we did, we definitely did a show for a four person audience at one oh of them. Oh my God. And, <laughs> you know, so it was like, this was the first time that it was like, you know, like packed house, Chicago, full set, this incredible set of Moulin Rouge, these incredible lights, these, you know, all of these, these amazing actors and everyone surrounding you and just being there and just being like that little kid being like, you're just singing. And now you get to just do this for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I, it was, it was an out of body experience. The whole show as most understudies will probably say the first time you go on is just, you, you're just trying to get through it. You're just floating through things are happening to you more than you are really doing them, but you were there and doing your part and everything went well. And, you know, it was just such a, such an honor and such a joy and also just such a, you know, such a confirmation of a life choice of like, this is, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I've chosen to do. I we went through pandemic of like, should I get a different career? Should I do something else? Is this really what I want to do? And then this was like the, like, you're doing this for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, this is what you chose to do. So good or bad, you know, in between <laughs> in or out, this is what it is. Um, yeah, but it, it is truly special. So Andrew, tell me um, with that, in mind what is the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you while playing this oh role? yeah while playing this role oh boy um <laughs> well i am wildly uncoordinated for some reason i i i think it's um i think it's just i hit a growth spurt really quickly and now i'm about I'm a little <laughs> over six foot and i was kind of like five two the year before and all of a sudden i'm very tall and i just never figured out how to walk how to walk after that <laughs> um, but I, I fall a lot in this show and not intentionally, usually not on purpose, Uncourt. but there's an exit. There's an angry exit. I have at one point where I have to step over something that I didn't quite make it over. And it's, it's hard to really leave with authority when you're upset, when you're tripping and falling off of the stage. <laughs> oh, um, <yeah. laughs> but there was that, there was, there was a time that I, I missed, I was late on an entrance uh, for the same scene um, of my own fault. I was in the wings and I was totally there and just sort of standing. It was when I was still an understudy and was just kind of like, at some point I'm going to go out there as everyone came running towards me. Andrew, 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 go, 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 go. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. And they've been out there for like 30 seconds trying to figure out what to say while oh, I'm not my there. Gosh. <laughs> um but you know that's live theater it's it yeah. it is i think it's what makes it special all the time too because there are moments i i had a moment sunday where i sort of for you get to sunday night it's the eighth show of the week you're tired your brain's a little wonky of course. and um trying to say one of my lines i sort of got lost in the middle of the line and it didn't really make sense and then she sort of said it back to me trying to make it make sense <laughs> and they giggled and we giggled and we we're like we're all here. We're all here. We're together. And I, you know, and that, that is also what makes it so special. It's just every time it's going to be different. Yeah. Errors, flaws, great moments, bad moments, everything in between. Like, I think it's what makes theater so much more special than, than a movie or, you know, then I think sometimes what is hard about bootlegs being out there is people will watch a bootleg and then be like, well, that's not what I saw. And you're like, yeah, because you weren't there. And so when you are there, then you get to have this moment just for you. Absolutely. And, you know, you get to share this with just the people who are here in this house. And that's what you get to remember, you know, like and get to hold on to. And I think that's what makes it so special. And so 
when it does happen, I, I have learned and grown. And thankfully, you know, now 35 year old Andrew takes it a little less hard than 25 year old Andrew did. Um, but errors happen. There's going to be mistakes, but at the same time, there are in life. When you, it, we have a conversation, we get, we're going to get tripped up. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to do whatever. And, and for all of us to all just accept that and move on and get yeah. the story, that's all that matters. Well, that's the beauty of being live and in theater. And I think, honestly, that makes me even more excited to go see it for the first yeah. time. Because it is going to be completely different from anything that I've seen in the promotional stuff. Because yeah. every night, well, you guys are getting a different energy from the audience. People are Absolutely. laughing. They might have never laughed before. Every night it's yep. going to be special. So definitely, like, anybody out there, don't just buy one day of tickets. Buy two days of tickets. Compare, contrast. You know, it'll help you out. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna want to. I mean, honestly, you're going to want to come back. It, it yeah. is one of those things. And there is so much. The show is... Uh, is so incredible the set design the light design the the sound design the everything there is is so sensory overload almost but in such a great way that it really gives you that and then you have these i think it's what makes those small moments so special these these moments of satine and christian falling in love you know this these moments when the duke is in her in her face in satine's face and and, and you know being threatening all of it works together in one big, you know, sort of orchestrated way mm -hmm. to really give you everything you could want and you're not going to catch it all. So even then you're going to come back and you're going to hear something in the orchestra, a different, like you're going to hear Jungle Boogie in a part where you didn't realize that it was there. You're going to hear the song that you didn't realize, oh, I missed that part because I was laughing or I was singing along to this. You know, there's so much to catch. Um, and they've layered over so layered over so much into the show oh, wow. that it, it that it is it's an experience. It's going to be very exciting. I'm very excited for you to see it and, and hear what you think. And I can't yeah, wait. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, Moulin Rouge musical will be in town June 7th through July 2nd. Um, at part of the KeyBank Broadway series at KeyBank State Theater. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us this week. The show is going to be Thanks amazing. It won 10 Tony Awards, including the best musical. And I have to say, if you've never seen the Good Morning America uh, performance of the opening, you need to go check that out on YouTube because it is amazing. And it's going to be such a great time. Tickets are still available at playoffscore.org. Andrew, thank you for joining us. This was a great thank conversation. You. This was fun. Uh, oh, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah. And this is uh, Cleveland Stage Store. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a special preview of Moulin Rouge, the musical. Thanks to our friends at Playoff Square to end the show. Here it is. Check it out and go check it out when it's in town. It's here for almost a month. So you got plenty of opportunities. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you all next week. This is My name is Jimmy. That is Stacy. Bye, guys. And go see Andrew, the Duke on Moulin Rouge <laughs> starting June 7th at Playoff Square. This is where all your dreams come true. You are the Moulin Rouge. Because you can't catch
Cleveland Stage Door is a podcast produced by NEO Music Scene. Check out all the happenings around Cleveland on neomusicscene.com. A Jimmy D production copyrighted 2023 by Jimmy D Productions, jimmydpro.com.